This is my son. Put the robe on him. Put the robe on him. Cover that up. That's beyond. That's past. That doesn't exist anymore. He's past that. He's my son. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to see it. This is my son. And he put the ring on his finger. The ring is a, is a position. It speaks of status. Of status, of saying, this is one who has authority to do business in my house. This is one who has authority to do business in my house. He used rings, signet rings, to sign contracts. And so this, the son is like, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just let me be a servant. And he says, no, you're not just a servant. You're my son. God is good. Oh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day. You've done well. You've survived. That means you've done well. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that give up. They just give up. You didn't. You kept at it. Thank you. <clears throat> so, we're going to start in John 14. And then we'll see where we go from there. John 14, verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. <clears throat> and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And he who can say, show, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And the words that I speak to you, I do not speak by my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Jesus says that if you want to see the Father, look at Jesus. You look to the Son. Jesus was a, a perfect representation of the Father because he was a good Son. Now, we don't, we live in a corrupt world. We don't see that perfect representation between Father and sons. We, we see shadows and, and we see distortions. But Jesus was perfect. He did exactly what the father asked him to do and exactly the way the father asked him to do it. Now, I can't say that my, my boys have done that. 
And I can't say that I've done it for my father, but Jesus did. When I do what my father has asked me to do, and I behave the way that my father has asked me to behave, then I am a representation of him so that when you see me, you see him. When my boys behave in the way that I expect them to behave and they do the things that I ask them to do in the way that I want them done, then they, you can look at them and see me. Our children are reflections of who we are. Good and bad, honestly. There's things that I see in my, my boys and I'm like, eh, that's me. That's my arrogance, absolutely. That's my, my pride. That's my stubbornness. And we, we see those things and we don't necessarily like it. And unlike God, God doesn't have any darkness, any shadow of turning. We do. So as fathers, we have to take a look at ourselves and say, you know what, that's something that I need to deal with in my life. Because if I don't deal with it in my life, then it's going to perpetuate to my children. And it goes down from generation to generation to generation. <clears throat> You know, and we have this, this great thing called the Holy Spirit that's there to help us. The Holy Spirit is there to lead us and guide us and help us overcome in every circumstance and situation so that we can become that representation. Now, we're all children of God through Christ Jesus. If you've believed upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and received him as your Lord and Savior, you are now a child of God. And you have an earthly father but God the Father is more of a father to you than any earthly father. It may not seem like it, but he is. You know, fathers do things that you don't see. They hide behind the scenes and they take care of things and they um, make sure things are working right and proper and they'll, they'll take care of things before they become a problem. Hopefully. And when they do become a problem, you know, we're right in there fixing them, making sure that everything's taken care of for the family so that we have a, a good place, a nice place, so that you have what you need. So you, we have a good home over our head and we have food and we have cars and we have all that stuff and internet. I mean, who can live without internet nowadays? And so the father is working behind the scenes and he's doing stuff for us that we don't even know of. God the father loves us so much that there's things in our life that he's dealing with and help, trying to help us with that we're not even aware of. You know, the Father, we see him in Jesus. And so we have to look to Jesus because Jesus is the only perfect rep representation of who God is. 
He's the only perfect representation of who God is. I am not a perfect representation of who God is. I will never claim to be. Don't ever think that. But Jesus is. And I want to share some of the things that Jesus shows us about the Father. You know, the Father desires to save. He desires to save people. John 3. John 3, verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The father sent the son to save the world. God sent Jesus to save us. We all know this. He didn't come to condemn you, but to save you. Because he loves you. It's, it's the Father's desire to save all that will call upon the name of Jesus. All, all that will call upon the name of Jesus. Not just you, but for everyone. Everyone who will call upon the name of Jesus. <clears throat> and we see the father moving through Jesus and how he ministered to people and how he didn't he doesn't just want to save us there's an idea that uh, that we are saved and that's it that we it's just about going to heaven it's just about you know what, God saved us and now we get to go to heaven. You know, you just suck it up and make it through life. You just, you just got to white knuckle it and try to make it all the way through. But that's not what Jesus shows us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We see in Luke uh, 13, verse 6, talking to... Uh, <laughs> The Pharisees and the Sadducees got mad at him again because, well, he wanted to heal somebody. He healed somebody on the Sabbath. Oh my gosh, no. Don't heal somebody on the Sabbath. Verse uh, 15, the Lord then answered him saying, hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to the water? So ought this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bounded, think of it, for 18 years, he loosed, be loosed from this bond. 18 years. 
This woman was in an infirmity. 18 years. But God, through Christ Jesus, still wanted to set her free. It's a long time to wait. But God's faithful. So he wants to heal people who are afflicted by the devil, who are bound by afflictions and sickness. Matthew 8, 2 through 3. Behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy was clean. We see Jesus going around and peeling people that were leprous. You know, leprosy is a nasty disease. Basically, you start rotting. Your skin starts dying and falling off. You lose parts. Yes, thank you. You lose parts. And uh, it's just nasty. And they were considered the pariahs of the time. Nobody wanted to get it. So if you got it, leper colony to you. And it was just like you got around anybody. You started having to yell out, unclean, unclean. Because you weren't allowed to let anyone get close to you. They're shunned from society. And here's Jesus. Came to him and said, Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He recognized that Jesus had the authority to clean him. To cleanse him, to heal him. And he says, if you're willing. And Jesus said, I am willing. You know that a lot of times the question is, God, are you willing? Are you willing to heal me? Are you willing to forgive me? Are you willing to save me? Are you willing to set me free? Are you willing to love me? God, are you willing to love me? And the answer is yes, I'm willing. I am willing. God is willing to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his son. He, he gave him. Jesus came of his own free will to show the love of God. Is God willing? Yes. He's willing. He's willing to do what it takes. To set you free, to love you, to know that you are cherished in him. God loves us so much that it breaks his heart that people reject him. It breaks his heart that people walk away. It breaks his heart that people think that he wants to punish them. It breaks his heart to think that he doesn't want to heal them. I am willing, be clean. God is willing. God is willing, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you need from God, God is willing. We just need to trust him. 
put our faith in him that he will do it. Because he said, I am willing. Well, I don't know how to do it. It's okay. He does. That's why we need to put our faith and trust in him because he has the answer. But why is it taking so long? I don't know. I don't know. But do we trust in the goodness of God? Or do we trust the lies that the devil has been selling us? That God isn't good. That God doesn't care. That God's ready, he's out there to get you. That he's waiting for you to sin so that he can put the screws down on you and say, bad, 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 naughty. God's not wanting to to condemn you. He's wanting to free you. And God said, God's correction for us is not so that it's not so that we suffer, but it's so that we can be free. Because that's what he wants. If he says, no, don't do that, it's because it's destructive. Don't put your hand on that pan, it's hot. I remember that with, with my son. No, it's hot. Hot? He didn't understand what hot meant yet. He did shortly after that. I know sometimes we don't understand why God's saying no. But if we listen, it's for our benefit. Because God doesn't want us to suffer. Matthew 9.17 talks about Jesus casting the demon out of the, the, the uh, man's son. The man's son was often caught. The demon would travail him, try to throw him in the fire, throw him in the water. And he came to his disciples and the disciples couldn't do anything. And they came to Jesus. He says, if there's anything you can do, Jesus is like, have you no faith? Have you no faith? And he says, Lord, help my unbelief. And even in that, Jesus cast the spirit out of him. Because he was willing to come to Jesus and ask for help. And willing to be honest. God, I don't, know, I, I don't know if I've got the faith for this. Help me. Help me. Help me to have the faith to do this. Help me to overcome. And Jesus was willing. It's, uh, Matthew 14 Uh, 14 and 16. And when Jesus went out and he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Here we see the Father's heart. He's moved with compassion and healed their sick. And then he said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And this is where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Remember, Jesus is an example of the Father. And here's the Father providing. He didn't have to feed them. He didn't have to. 
But he did. Because he's the father. And the father cares. And the father provides. The father heals. The father sets free. The father protects. One of the... I think one of the greatest examples of the heart of God is the the prodigal son. It's in Luke 15. And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me my portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger man gathered all together, journeyed to a far country where he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And when he went and joined himself to the citizens of that country, he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he had come to himself, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Just let me serve in the house. And he rose and came to his father. When he was still a great way off, the father saw him. And he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his hand and the sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here. Kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For thus my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found And they began to be merry. I think most of us feel like the prodigal son in our lives. You know, we've we've made bad decisions and we've done things and and strayed from God. We come to God and say, God, I was stupid. I've squandered everything that you've given me. I made a disaster out of all this stuff. Just, just accept me in the house to serve. I, 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 I can't be your son. I, I can't be your child. I'm not worthy of that status anymore because I have so destroyed your name. The father didn't even answer the question. He just said, put a robe on him. Cover him up. 
He'd been feeding pigs. He'd been feeding pigs. Pigs are nasty. They're full of, you know, they're always in the mud. There's mud and there's poop and there's food everywhere. And they wallow in it. And here he's out there taking care of them. He was dirty. He stunk. His clothes were probably tattered. Probably not very much left. And the father comes and kisses him. I'm pretty sure it didn't smell great. But that was the best thing that the father could have hoped for. And he says, come bring, bring a robe. It's not right that my children should wear filth. I'm a little emotional today, apparently. It's not right that my children should wear filth, that they should be in tatters, and that they should be... This is not my son. This is my son. This is my son. Put the robe on him. Put the robe on him. Cover that up. That's beyond, that's past. That doesn't exist anymore. He's past that. He's my son. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to see it. This is my son. And he put the ring on his finger. The ring is a, is a position. It speaks of status. of status, of saying, this is one who has authority to do business in my house. This is one who has authority to do business in my house. He used rings, signet rings, to sign contracts. And so this, the son is like, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just let me be a servant. And he says, no. You're not just a servant, you're my son. And you will have the right, you will have the right to make decisions in this house. You'll have the right to buy and sell. And he puts sandals on his feet. You know, it's, it's easier to get places when you've got Shoes on. Now, some people have really tough feet. But most of us really need to have shoes on. You start walking across gravel or tar or something like that. It's not easy to get places. And the father says, let me make your path easier. Let me make your traveling lighter. Let me take care of some of this burden that you've had to deal with. And then they said, come on, bring out the fatted calf. That's the best. The thing that you keep for special occasions. 
brought out the fatted calf and he says, let us eat and be married. For this is my son. He was dead and alive. He was lost and found. And they began to make merry. And he said, this is my son. He didn't just say, you know what? I'm bringing you back into the family. We'll worry about the rest of it later. Um, we'll, we'll get this, some of this taken care of. He went around and he gathered everybody in the household. Everybody probably in the neighborhood and said, let's feast. My son has returned. And here he is. He's saying, I'm not worthy. But the father is saying, I've made you worthy. And I want everyone to know that I've made you worthy. The father wants people to know that he's made you worthy. That you are worthy. Why are you worthy? Because of Christ. We put on Christ. We put on Christ. We put that robe of righteousness on. The robe of Christ. We put him on. And it's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. Why? Because the father has found us worthy. Because he loves us. And the Father has given us authority. He says, ask, to this point you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, therefore, in my name. And I will do it. The Father will do it for you. God's given us authority to accomplish his will in the earth. He wants us to buy and sell and to, to transact in this world for the sake of the kingdom. And he gave us shoes, the gospel of peace, to put on. So everywhere we go, we know this, that we're at peace with God. God's not out to get us. He's not angry with us. That God is at peace with us because that's, that's the gospel of peace. God's not out to punish. He's out to save that's the good news. That God has extended grace into this world. And if we walk in this world knowing that we have peace with God, it makes traveling a lot easier down these paths in life. Of course, the older son, verse 25, now the older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house and he heard the music and the dancing. So he called his servant and asked these, what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and behold, he has received him safe and sound and your father has killed the fatted calf. But when he got angry, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, the father came out to him and pled with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, and I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son comes, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. I was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and he is alive and was lost and is found.
And that's always the danger of when we, when we see our, the older son saw himself as a servant. He saw himself as a servant. I have served, I have done. And he's complaining about, well, I didn't get it. I, you've never given me anything. The father's like, it's always, it's always been yours. It's always been there. All you had to do was ask. But he saw himself as a servant. And he sees somebody who has done wrong. He didn't have the heart of the father. We can easily lose the heart of the father if we spend all of our time on doing and not spending time on being. God wants relationship with us, not just for us to do things. So we need to strive to have that relationship, to spend time with the Father, and and to develop that relationship with Him. Not just, God, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? But, Father, I sure am glad that you love me. And I love you. God, thank you for all that you've done for me. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. Tell me. Show me, show me yourself. Help me to see you more clearly today. Help me to have your heart and love those around me. Help me, Lord, to break this hard heart of mine that seems to be unwilling or incapable of forgiving and loving. Help me to have a heart more like yours. God loves you. And he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And that plan and purpose is relationship with him. In this world of doing. Of always having something to do next. And something we got to go, got to go, got to do. Don't forget to take time to spend time with your father. Don't forget to take time to spend with your father both your spiritual one and your natural one. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that you love us. We thank you, Father, that you've saved us and delivered us. Thank you, Father. Help us to be more like you. Help us to be examples of you in this world so that your name is glorified and that other people can come to you and be saved. We thank you for that, Lord, and we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Happy Father's Day. Have a wonderful day. Have a good week.